three, two, one. Net proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Our producer, Shane Reardon, coordinating producer, is Teresa Ann Seeger. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. It is Sports Medicine Weekly. What was that? There was a loud noise. There was a loud... There was a loud, like a computer turning on. You didn't hear it? I heard it. He didn't have headphones on. We have to just do that again. Can you listen, can you listen to that? All right, I'll just start over. Ready? Yep. Three. How long do you want this segment? Twelve. Between 11 and 12 oh, wow. Three, two, one. Net proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. This is Sports Medicine Weekly, Chicago's premier sports medicine program. It comes your way each and every Saturday morning from 8 to 8.30, only on 670 The Score. Our producer, board operator, Shane Reardon, coordinating producer as always, Teresa Ann Seeger with Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician of the Chicago Bulls. My name is Steve Cashel. Thanks so much for being with us as we talk about sports injuries. And time now for Ask the Doctor. Always do an Ask the Doctor at the end of the show each and every week. It's very easy. If you want to get involved, just go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. And on the homepage, go to the right side, you'll see the picture of Dr. Cole and myself. And underneath that, you can click on the link and you can ask the doctor. And I've got a couple of good ones here for you, Dr. Cole. Let's get started. Uh, The first question, asking you and saying this, from time to time, my knee will lock and painfully pop. I have had this pain for almost three years now. What do you suggest? So painful popping, so lots of knees and shoulders and joints pop. And in fact, I've often thought about having a sign at my front desk. Steve, you've been to our office. I said, look, if you're here because your joints are popping, but you have no pain, swelling, or injury, go home. turn around and go home, okay? <laughs> because I'm just going to give you some reassurance. But painful popping in, in a knee, specifically in this question, can be something uh, that uh, is due to an underlying abnormality. So if you've had if there's any swelling associated with it, that's one I would say you should see an orthopedic surgeon uh, or a primary care sports, you know, someone who does has the ability to evaluate a knee. So painful popping with swelling is is a generally more ominous finding of something wrong inside a joint. Painful popping without swelling can be a variety of things, and you know it can be a, a sign of something as simple as a condition called a plica, Steve. A plica is when there's this band that we all have in our knee. Like when we're in the embryo, our joints are sort of compartmentalized, and there's these membranes that sort of divide it into compartments. And then as we develop in our, you know, in utero and so forth, these membranes go away, but sometimes they incompletely go away and they leave a shelf of tissue in the joint. Really? And that can become painful as an adult. Everyone's got one, but most people don't are not bothered by it. So a painful plica can cause popping in the front inner side of the knee. That's one source. Another can be a meniscal tear. Uh, that's usually along the joint lining, but that's more often associated with a known traumatic event uh, or um, swelling. Uh, it could be a cartilage flap. Uh, the surface of the joint could have a flap of cartilage. Um, those are probably the three most common sources of painful popping. Some type of cartilage problem, the articular cartilage, some type of meniscus, the other type of cartilage, and or this plica, which is a band of soft tissue. Those are probably one, two, and three, respectively. You should get it checked out if it's limiting your, your your ability to exercise. It's not that it's dangerous to ignore. Most of the things I deal with are not dangerous to ignore, you know, and I use that a lot as reassurance. The real issue is, is the pain 
at a level that's dissatisfying to you and you can't remain active, and that's the time that you want to seek action. All right, next question. Uh, Dr. Cole, and this happened to me, so this is interesting. Uh, This person wrote this in. I have pain at night with my shoulder. It gets tight. It wakes me up during sleep. What is it? Night pain is really fascinating because it's the number one complaint that will move the needle for someone to have significant treatment. When you can't sleep because of joint pain, that's the time most people say, you know what, I've got to go see a physician for help. So we don't entirely know why it happens. We just know the conditions that cause it, okay? My theory is that, you know, during the day you're active, you're moving around, uh, your stiffness is kind of worked out of your joints. You have synovial fluid, joint lining, and all your uh, joint fluid and all your joints because you're using your joint. And it sort of conditions, it's like lubricated, it's like having a, a piston that's moving up and down in a, in a manifold, right, that's, that's moving smoothly and doesn't have any resistance. And plus you got lots and lots of external stimulation. You're not, you're not able to focus on one thing physically. When you sleep at night, you're usually not moving around. Things have this propensity to get stiff. It's like this glue or gelling phenomenon that happens. And so joint stiffness gets uh, becomes more prevalent. You're not seeing a lot of external stimuli. You're not walking around moving, you doing things, thinking, and being active, but you're kind of just laying there, and you have not a lot of things that dis- detract from your uh, uh, susceptibility to feel a joint problem. And then finally, the things that cause it are often a little more serious. In other words, it can be rotator cuff tears. It can be uh, significant arthritis. It can be significant tendonitis. I think for your condition, your your biceps tendonitis um, and small amount of arthritis, you had a lot of night pain, didn't you? I did, absolutely. Every night I could not roll over on that right side. And then, as you said, it was just so tight and stiff. And then you get right. up and you try to move it around. It feels a little better. I can, I'm a good sleeper. I go back to sleep. Right. Let me Some ask you a question. Yeah. Were you, did you go, were you able to fall asleep and then you were awakened? Yes. Yeah. That's what I think happens. Yep, it's absolutely. not that you can't go to sleep, but you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't move it. It's stiff. Right. So I think that it's that gelling phenomenon that leads to a lot of it. So when people say I have night pain, I always have to ask, when do you have it? You know, and it's usually not when you just go to bed. It's usually like you say, it wakes you up. Yes. Because your arm has been in, for the shoulder, for example, has been in one position for a long period of time. Well, I had, again, arthritis and a biceps uh, tendonitis problem. So are there other things? You mentioned rotator cuff. What else is in the shoulder well, that could some, be a problem? You know, there's some, it's rare. There are some ominous conditions that cause night pain, but, <clears throat> you know, those are really rare. Those are zebras. Um, I'd say that uh, the most common reason I end up fixing a rotator cuff, for example, is because the patients have night pain difficulty sleeping. So rotator cuff tears can classically cause night pain. Uh, Osteoarthritis or loss of cartilage of the shoulder joint can lead to night pain. Uh, Tendonitis, any inflammatory process can lead to night pain. Uh, those, you know, and again, this is the this is not a, a traumatic situation. This is one where someone's had an underlying degenerative condition and they present with a longer history of symptoms. And one of the things they complain of is, is this difficulty while sleeping or after they've gone to sleep, it wakes them up. All right. Uh, again, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole, Sports Medicine Weekly. It's our Ask the Doctor segment. And actually our producer, Shane Reardon, here on 670 The Score, has a, a question that he's been wanting to get in. So we're going to open up the mic. And Shane, what's your question for our doc? Doctor, we're coming up towards the end of March, beginning of April, when a lot of these men's and co-ed softball leagues are starting here in the city. Now, as somebody who works out maybe four times a week, doesn't do a ton of extreme activity, what should I be doing to prepare my body for going hard at softball once a week, but nothing more. Right, Very Shane. sporadic, yeah. extreme yeah. exercise. 
Well, Shane, despite being the physical specimen that you are, Correct. even you are susceptible to injury, okay? So, you know, the big challenge is I bet your workouts are, you know, you're probably doing a, a fairly consistent regimen. You're doing weights. Maybe yep. you're doing a little cardio and so forth. No. But you're not doing any cardio. No. Yeah, so I, I think it. I think that, yeah, I think that that's the biggest uh uh, potential risk is that you're going to let the adrenaline flow. You're going to be super competitive. You probably don't need to be getting in shape to hit a hit a softball. No. But as soon as you hit that ball, you're going to take off to first base, and the first thing that's going to do is you're going to pull a hammy. Okay. Okay. So you doing some type of higher intensity training, uh, even for short periods of time, burst tr- training, if you will, um, to work on slow and fast twitch muscle fibers can probably be the saving grace to prevent. Because you know what happens is. You sprint, and then you slow down, and your muscles are still lengthening. It's called eccentric lengthening, where the muscles contract and lengthen at the same time against load, and that's when guys like us pull hamstrings. I can tell you, I stopped doing uh, the uh, turkey turkey bowls on uh, sure. over Thanksgiving a long time ago because every year I would go, and you sort of forget. You think you can do what you did before, and you try to do exactly what you used to do when you were younger, but you haven't trained at all. And the first thing you do is you pull a hamstring, and you'll be out for the you know six eight weeks if you do that at least. So I would say I would advocate that you start doing practice what you're going to be doing. We say, you know, play the sport to play the sport. So in our throwers, you know, you throw the ball. You may do it at lower intensity, shorter distances, but same thing for you're going to be sprinting around the bases. I would start doing those things, but you ramp up slowly. Don't kill it initially. You know, first your pants, then your shoes, right? Yeah. Uh, but I would say that's your number one thing. Now, can I just avoid sprinting around the bases by hitting a lot of homers? Yeah, if you just hit okay. it out of the park, it's, it's a moot point. We don't sure. even have to be doing this, you know? So Thank you. all good that way, and you can be out on my team. <laughs> Dr. Cole, uh, we've got a couple couple minutes left. Um, what are you seeing uh, on the women's side, the girls' side, uh, the female side with uh, coming into your office now that we're starting some spring sports? Uh, I will tell you it's still ACLs. Is no, it? I, I, uh, more, last, again, more yeah, females last, than last males with the ACLs, right? Five, last Thursday, five female, no male ACLs. You know, it's crazy. Um, and I think that um, as they're starting to get it ramped up for soccer, uh, finishing up basketball, it's, just, it's pretty much been a, the whole season. Even uh, the ski season was probably four or five to one women to men uh, with ski injuries. So, yeah, I just think, you know, when, what we know about ACL injury is that there's five or six uh, motor patterns that women have to their detriment that lead to ACL tears, like very strong quads, weak hamstrings, uh, uh, jumping and landing with uh, abnormal hip and knee flexion, um, uh, uh, weak glute medius. Uh, they tend to be more knock kneed, so these things become more critical. Um, those are some of the things that are really critical. So there are these prevention programs were actually looked at in the NCAA in women, and they were shown to reduce the incidence of ACL tears in females by 35%. So I would say that uh, those who, those of you who have young kids who are starting to ramp up in soccer and they're maybe in more than one league, they're doing a club sport and school sport at the same time, I would really encourage you to investigate some of these ACL prevention programs. We have them at Midwest Orthopedics. A lot of the physical therapy chains that uh, uh, certainly the sponsors of our show, uh, Athletico and ATI, they all have these uh, uh, programs available. And I would encourage you because, unfortunately, even though we know a lot about this, um, the trainers, the coaches at that level are not always – uh, properly educated in terms of how to integrate it because they don't have a lot of time to work with your kids, so they just get right on to practice. And this should be a, a basic part of your kids' training. Good deal. How are your trainings uh, coming along? Uh, they're you good. Busy, I, always, get them you know, in. I get them in, but I, I could always, I always want to do more. Yeah, I you do know? too. If I get my two, <laughs> three a week, I'm happy. But you really need, you know, for us, we need four or five a week and at, at a high intensity. 
All righty, we are out of time for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer, Shane Reardon, our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. Also want to thank David Cole for managing our website at sportsmedicineweekly.com. And also he does our business operations. And then there's Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Many thanks, Sam. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. And thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. Up next on The Score, early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Have a wonderful Saturday, wonderful weekend, everybody. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8 a.m., only on 670 The Score.